Hello, 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 Miami Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Oh, hello to the people. Here we are. Week one is in the books. It's going to be a long one. It is. It uh, we the season is off to a start. It is be- it has begun. Do you remember there was a um a commercial that I think was for Blue Cross Blue Shield was I think what this commercial was for, and it was a, a little kid, little kid that m- maybe must have been like four or five years old, and he's he's talking. In this commercial about, you know, these guys got in a fight and blah, blah, blah. And they, he was down on the ground. And then and then and then he says, and, and then you, you know what he did? He kicked him in the penis. He was Ouch. injured. He was injured. Injured bad. This was a uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield commercial. At any rate, this is what the Ravens, I don't recall this commercial. Well, you can Google it. He kicked him in the penis. Just Google he kicked him in the penis, which may or may not be the title of this episode of the show. But regardless, (laughs) that's what the Baltimore Ravens did to the Miami Dolphins at Hard Rock Stadium today in week one of the season. The Ravens defeated the Miami Dolphins 59-10 to to open the season. And listen, we've been saying all along that we expected... This to be a long season. We expected the Dolphins were going to lose a lot of football games. We expected that this was probably not going to be pretty because it's usually not pretty when the Dolphins face the Ravens anyway. But I don't know that any of us expected it to be quite this bad. The Ravens just walloped the Miami Dolphins. It was just ugly in every sense of the word. Uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson... Is Lamar Jackson actually this good? 17 of 20 for 325 yards, five touchdowns, and a perfect passer rating of 158.3? Nobody's that good. The Baltimore Ravens ran the ball a combined 46 times for 265 yards and two touchdowns. I should also mention that Robert Griffin III also threw a touchdown pass. Oh and my. Robert Griffin III was 6 for 6 for 55 yards as well. Darn near a perfect passer rating. Yeah, this this was a bad situation. This is as bad as it gets. Yeah, I, I mean, mean <laughs> it was, this, this literally looked like, you know, when, when Alabama plays like some directional school early in the season. Like New Mexico State. Not even like a, I'm talking like an FCS, like not even an FBS. School. You're like you're talking about like south the uh, southeastern North like Dakota southeastern, University like Community College, Alabama A and M. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what this looked like. Well, it it certainly did. It was it was a sad state of affairs, and I mean, really, really. And the thing I think that is most disappointing was that. Coming into this game, I think the consensus would have been that the strongest unit on the Dolphins team was the defense. And they just got torn apart today. 
I mean, that secondary was roasted time and time and again. I think basically everybody on the Dolphins had a bad day with the exception of Xavier Howard had a good day. Uh, Devontae Parker, I would say, had a good day. He did all right. Uh, you know, for, for you know, for him to show up and to make a contested catch with two guys all over him and to go up and make that catch, that's the play that you've wanted to see Devontae Parker make his whole career, and he finally did it. So I think he had a good day. Uh, Jason Sanders had an okay day, made an extra point, kicked a, a career-long field goal, 54 yards. That's good. Jason Sanders. Matt Hawk, as always, the goat punter. Matt Hawk. Uh, let's see. I guess Tabor Pepper, the new long snapper, did okay. And, uh, I, I, I mean, I think that's pretty much where it ends. Yeah, I mean, it was it was ugly. Uh, it was ugly for, I mean, you could you could say Preston Williams flashed a little bit, got yeah. himself in the end zone. Got a little touchdown there. Did, did, did drop another touchdown where he took a big shot uh, at a, at a would-be touchdown in the end zone, but made up for it later with a, with a touchdown grab. But you know he got open. He looked the part of of being a, a contributor. But I mean, those were those were few and far between the flash plays that the Miami Dolphins had. Because by and large, this was a complete domination, just absolute crushing. I mean. We had, what, 211 yards of offense? Or I guess less than that, because that's without taking uh, the the sack yardage into account. I guess they had 200 yards of offense in the game. That's it's pretty rough. It was, it was bad. It was bad. I mean... 643 to 200. That's the total yards. That's the differential in this one. That is a lopsided sort of college football week one or two kind of statistic. Uh, it was bad. There's there's no way around it. It was it was absolutely terrible. And and the thing is, here's the thing, right? Are the Dolphins in fact as bad as the score and the stats indicate from this game? Maybe, maybe, probably not. They're probably not that bad. Are the Baltimore Ravens really that good? Almost Prob- certainly not. <laughs> um, probably not. It's it's week one of an NFL season, and, you know, they say pretty much, you know, pretty often, they say well, you can't really make a conclusion about a team based on its week one performance in the NFL, whether it's a good performance or a bad performance. You can't really make a conclusion because the sample size is very small. And, and and we say every year on this show, the NFL is the king of people jumping to conclusions based on small sample sizes. Uh, you know, while it's probably unlikely, if the Dolphins are to play the Patriots really tough next week, you'll have people saying that this team could still could be a playoff team. 
if they if they play a close tight <laughs> game with the Patriots next week, you'll have people for completely forget this week one result no, and say that no. this team could go to the playoffs. I'm not saying no, that. but I, nobody's saying that the listen, Dolphins could go to the playoffs no oh matter what God. happens. Oh my God! could beat the Patriots next Brain. week, and that could happen. Brain, you need to visit some of these Facebook groups, these Miami Dolphins. Facebook groups. You wouldn't believe the Kool Aid these folks are drinking. I saw remember somebody, when we were three and zero last year. I remember that. Remember, listen, I saw people calling for Brian Flores to be fired today. And it's listen, listen. And I did a I did a whole big thread about this because listen, there were people that are genuinely upset. Right, the people that I feel bad for are the people who have convinced themselves that somehow this Dolphins team was going to compete this year. At a, at, a, at a at some kind of level that they were going to be a competitive football team, and clearly, if you've been paying any attention at all to what this team has been doing in the off season, and when you look at the personnel that it remains on this team, this is not a team that is built to be competitive. This is a team that is built to you know go out there and lose games. Not to say that they're going to go out there and not try. They're absolutely trying. They're just not very good. It's just a lack of talent. Now, I think there are certainly some criticisms to be lobbed at Brian Flores and the way that this game was coached because, uh, you know, listen, when you give up 59 points, that's not all on the players. Some of that has to be on the coach's shoulders themselves, and Flores admitted that in the postgame, postgame speech. But, you know, it's I feel bad for those people who feel like this team is was going to be good. Those are the people that I think were really having a hard time dealing with what they were looking at today. Listen, I expected the Dolphins to be bad. I expected them to lose this game and for it to not be particularly close. I didn't maybe expect it to be as bad as it was, but regardless, you know, I, I my expectations were low. My expectations were that the Dolphins were maybe going to win two games this season. So I'm not upset. And and you know, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you've made it this far in, expecting us to come on here and be ranting and raving and rambling against this team that's simply not going to happen because like I said in a, in a thread that I posted on the same old Dolphins Twitter account which you should be following by the way at same old Dolphins this is part of the process right and while I certainly understand people wanting their team to win and wanting to cheer for a, a, a good competitive football team, you have to understand what this team is doing. And you have to view what this team is doing in the context of what it has done for the past literally 20 years. For the past 20 years, they've they've overpaid players and they've tried to take a mediocre team and make it better, but they haven't been able to do it and they haven't been able to get out of their own way. And a key component of all of that is that they have failed to create to find a real franchise quarterback for this team. And so what they're doing right now is getting rid of all of the fat. They're trimming the fat. They're getting rid of all of that. And they're working on a new strategy to rebuild this franchise for the future. And part of that means that the team is just not very good right now. And what the, what's going to end up happening is they're going to end up with a, in all likelihood, a top five draft pick next season in, in next year's draft. And then they're going to parlay that draft pick into hopefully a franchise quarterback. And then they'll be able to rebuild the team because you, you see what they're doing. They've, they're loaded with draft capital. They're loaded with cap space. This is a team that is ready to move 
forward. You know, this is a team that's ready to build in the future, just not right this very minute. And there are some people who are like, I can't watch this. I can't watch. I understand. I understand it's tough, but that's why we've been saying what you need to do is look for those little things, those small victories, and those are going to be the things that you have to hold on to this year. Look for Sam McGuavin making a big tackle. Look for Preston Williams doing some good downfield blocking on a screen pass. Look for Preston Williams making a nice toe-tap catch in the back of the end zone. Those are the kinds of things that we're going to have to hold on to this season and really sort of relish because... For the most part, this team is going to continue to lose football games just as they did to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Brain, anything anything else? Speci- I guess, do you want to respond to that? Yeah, I mean, look, uh, by and large, I agree with you. But at some point, you also have to say, well, what's the plan in the future? Who's the guy making the picks? And why should we trust him to make the right picks? Now, granted, look, the more picks you have, the more the more you have at your disposal. The the NFL draft is a bit of a crapshoot. Most teams, even the most successful teams at the draft, tend to not hit on more than 60%. So what you want to do is accumulate as many picks as possible and really stack the deck in your favor. So the Dolphins are doing that, and I agree with that, and I applaud them for that. But when your defense gives up 643 yards and you give up 59 points, and the vast majority of these drives were 80-yard, 90-yard drives, you know, the Ravens easily put up points on the Dolphins' defense, which has a lot of young pieces and a lot of pieces that we thought these are guys that we're going to build around, whether it's Christian Wilkins. Yes, first game of the season. I don't know that he necessarily had a had an awful game. He looked Dolphins, okay in spots. Yeah, I, I mean, the Dolphins' defensive line as a whole got, got kind of man, manhandled, but I don't know that he had you know a terrible game. Jerome Baker... He did not have a good game. He was nowhere to be found. He was flying around making all kinds of impact plays in the preseason. He was manhandled in this one. Raquan McMillan, a guy that we're expecting to to take a jump and be a, a big piece to the linebacking core this year. He was he didn't do much. Sam Aguavin, aforementioned, he didn't do much in this game. The Ravens had their way with our linebackers and with our defensive line, running the ball to the tune of five yards a carry or six yards a carry or whatever it was for about 250 yards. We'd have got no pass rush. And then the secondary got absolutely roasted. Minka Fitzpatrick, supposed to be a building block. Well, you know, we're trusting Chris Greer with all these draft picks to make the right picks. Well, Chris Greer picked these guys, and Chris Greer put this roster together. And yes, I know, we've torn down the offense. We got rid of our two best offensive linemen. We brought in Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen. We got at, got rid of Ryan Tannehill. We got rid of Kenny Stills. We, the offense is a complete work in progress. But on the defense, while it's a new defense, and they they there's certainly you got to give them credit. There's a learning curve there because it's a completely different scheme, and they did have a lot of roster turnover, particularly in the past couple of weeks, with guys that were they've been basically, you know, 
releasing guys left and right off the back end of their roster, whether it's the defensive line or the linebackers or whatever. But then the secondary, Rashad Jones, maybe not a guy that's part of the long-term solution, but a veteran. He's out there. He's getting roasted. Uh, Jamal Wiltz, a guy that beat out a couple of guys and a guy that got himself onto this roster partially because they got rid of a guy like TJ McDonald. Uh, Jamal Wiltz, he gets roasted. Eric Rowe, a guy that they bring in and they're hoping can be like a really solid second corner. He gets roasted and roasted and roasted. If we're supposed to sit here, I mean, look, we we know it's going to be a bad year. We know this is far from a complete roster, even on the defensive side. But we felt pretty good about the players that they had, you know, accumulated on the defensive side of the ball to say that, you know, there's a foundation there of talent. So one of two things, or maybe both things are, are true right now. Either the talent is not there on the defensive side of the ball, not at all, because this was not like, when you give up 59 points, this isn't like, uh, you know, like three or four guys on the defense. There's there's three or four holes, but 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 you got seven or eight spots filled, and you just filling up filling out a couple of holes that you got to fix. No, the, either the talent is not there, just in, immensely, or they are not being coached up because this made this made Matt Burke's defense look like the you know the Baltimore Ravens defense. This was. This was horrific on the defensive side of the ball to the point where as bad as the offense was with only putting up 10 points and 200 yards of offense, the offense looked a lot better than the defense in this game. And it just calls into question, you have to criticize the coaching at least somewhat. Now, I'm not saying, you know, fire Brian Flores or anything like that. Because you're one game in and it's a one game sample and there's going to be a learning curve and we were absolutely overmatched in this game. But you got to make a mental note of it. You can't just give them a pass because this is not like, you know, 34 to 10. This is 59 to 10. And, And I thought, okay, they got blitzed in the first half. They just got dominated in the first half. Let's go in the locker room. Let's make some adjustments. And I bet you this defense comes out and they they play some inspired ball and they play a lot better. In the second half, it was more of the same. It was the only difference in the second half was that you didn't have, you know, the 60, 70 yard touchdowns that you had in the first half. But Hey, it was, it's the little it was victories, still, and that's a little victory. That's not a victory. You only gave it, up 17 it, points in the second half. Ugh, it was just, this was just terrible. It was, it was bad. But as I, as I sort of said on Twitter during the game, I said this, it's not this game, it's not this score that is going to define these Miami Dolphins players and this Miami Dolphins coaching staff. It is in fact going to be how the team responds that is but going let to me ask define the, them. Let me ask the question, like, was this game, uh, you know, was, was that one, was that about lack of talent was that about coaching was that about players quitting was that like lack of motivation because you know we'll get into that in a second with the with the news coming out of the locker room after this game but like you know should we be concerned about what we're seeing 
Because they clearly were not ready for this game. Well, yeah, I think... And it's the coach's job to have them some semblance of ready. And they were in no way ready to play this game. Well, of course. And and Flores took ownership of that. You know, he, he, he said that, you know, a lot of this falls on his shoulders. And like I said, what I think, where I think the judgment is going to be made is seeing how the team responds. If the team continues to lose games in this manner over the course of the rest of this season, then yes, that is a significant problem with this coaching staff. But, you know, if they respond in a way that they can at least make it a respectable showing against the Patriots next week and that they can at least sort of put up some sort of semblance of a competitive, you know, being competitive over the course of the season, then I think that says something. But I think if you, you know, you see a lot more of what we saw on Sunday over and over again, then that's a problem. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that I want to touch on because I we talked about, you know, how players respond is a big deal. A story broke from uh, Pro Football Talk shortly after the game uh, this afternoon. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna read the piece from Pro Football Talk. Uh, they said losing 59 to 10 at any level of football leaves a mark. In Miami, it's sparking a mutiny. Per a league source with knowledge of the situation, multiple Miami Dolphins players contacted their agents after Sunday's season-opening blowout loss and directed them to attempt to engineer trades elsewhere. The players believe that the coaching staff, despite claiming that they intend to try to win, aren't serious about competing and winning and by all appearances have bought into the notion that the Dolphins will take their lumps now in the hopes of laying the foundation via high draft picks for building a successful team later. Coach Brian Flores consistently has denied an intention to tank, but the first rule of tank club is never talk about tank club. And even if Flores insists that there's no tanking, that doesn't keep the players from, one, believing it's happening based on the trade that sent tackle Laramie Tunsil and receiver Kenny Stills to Houston eight days ago, and two, wanting to be no part of it. The Dolphins informed Pro Football Talk that they have not heard from any agents or players regarding this matter and that they have not received any requests for players to be traded. Again, this doesn't actually mean that Coach Brian Flores and his staff are actually not trying to win. Flores is a respected coach with a strong work ethic and high character. But the perception wasn't good before Sunday, and now it's getting worse after a 49-point loss to the Ravens. It's inevitable that, eventually, people inside the locker room were going to notice. They now have, and some of them want out. So, I think... You know, at some point, there may have been some players, and I can think of a couple just right off the top of my head who it may have been that would have just made the decision, okay, this is not even worth trying, and they took their own feet off the gas pedal, and and those these are the people who want out as soon as possible. But, you know, to, to those players, I say, fine, goodbye. This is a team that's clearly in, clearly in the middle of a process. And if you don't want to be a part of it, then we don't need you to be here. We, we just don't. That's not part of the culture that this team needs right now. So if there are players out there, I'm looking at you, Rashad Jones, not to accuse you of anything, but I'm wink, wink. It wouldn't surprise me at all if it was somebody like Rashad Jones that was doing some of this complaining. Uh, then fine, trade him. We'll send him elsewhere and we'll figure it out. It's not like we're going to be any worse off without him, without a guy like, you know, (laughs) 
Rashad Jones or players like that. The only player that we do know definitively anything about, as reported by Barry Jackson, is that Xavier Howard is not one of the players who want out, which is a really good thing because I think that's a player that the Dolphins have committed to and, you know, that's somebody that I don't think that they would want to deal Uh, I think the idea is that they want Xavier Howard to be here and he is part of their plan going forward. And that's good. And that's what uh, Barry Jackson reported. He reported that the Dolphins have talked to Howard and said he's part of their plan and he and he has said that he wants to stay. Uh, In response to this article, and again, I'm going to come back to the Tunsil thing. I don't think trading Tunsil was part of the Dolphins plan. I really don't believe that Laramie Tunsil was part of the Dolphins plan, but when you have the Houston Texans throwing at you what they're throwing at you, you take it and you move on. Maybe that's a mistake. Maybe not. We'll find out all in due time. But at any rate, Brain, your reaction to hearing that some of these Miami Dolphin players want out. Yeah, I mean, if this was, let's say, a year ago, uh, and we were a team that was trying to make the playoffs, and we had, you know, uh, we were in a cap situation where we were kind of in a year-to-year situation, this would be a disaster, especially after week one. Uh, this would just be a disaster. It's like coaches lost the locker room and all that. But right now, we're trying to build a foundation, and we're clearly trying to tank whether or not, I mean, organizationally whether or not Brian Flores wants to admit that or not organizationally that's a hundred percent what's going on and everybody knows that there's no secret there uh so this would normally be a big deal and just awful just almost fireable but where I'm at now it's like well look if they don't want to be here then clearly they're not going to be here long term we're not trying to win anything now. So if they want to be traded, trade them. Get what you can for them. The, the good news is, is the only guy that really I would say you can't trade <laughs> is Xavier Howard. And he's not one of those guys. So that's the best thing to come out of this. And, and like, you know, without naming names, like, you know, if you got to assume these are veteran guys. You got to assume. I mean, maybe one or two of them are guys that have been in the league for for a couple of years and are still on their rookie deals. But you got to think that the guys that are doing this are either they're either veteran players that uh, you know didn't sign up for this, you know, signed contracts uh, through free agency or whatever, or re-signed contracts and and didn't sign up for this. Or they're guys that are nearing the ends of their deals and they're looking to get their next deal and they're just like, look, why am I going to risk my livelihood, my short, my limited time as an NFL player, because it's a very short career, playing for a team that's clearly not trying to win. And I totally get that and I don't fault them at all. I don't fault the players if if there are players on this team that feel that way. But at the same time, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm I'm getting those players. I want to know who they are and I want to try to trade them. I want to accommodate them and appease them to the best of my ability. Because if they don't want to be here, 
They're going to just make it cancerous for the rest of the locker room. We're trying to build that new culture. And let's not just do it the way that Adam Gase did it, which was one player, you know, here and there, I'm going to try to make uh, an example out of when clearly there were, you know, dozens of guys on the roster that, that didn't want to be there or didn't like the way things were going. Let's clean house now. If you don't want to be here and you don't want to be part of this process, get the hell out and let's build this thing right with players that want to be here. And for the people that are like, well, who in their right mind would want to be here? Well, it's an NFL job. It's an NFL team. There are at least thousands if not tens of thousands of people, if not millions of fans who, you know, kids, that it's their dream, their lifelong dream to play in the NFL, to suit up. There's there's only 32 teams on the, you know, in the league, and there's 53 guys on the roster. That means there's, what, 1,500 or so guys in the entire league that get to call themselves NFL players it's pretty freaking exclusive. And you're not doing yourself any favors if you're not on a roster. If you're on a roster, even if you're on a team that you don't want to be on, you've got the opportunity to go out there and put some good tape on, and you can find yourself onto a team that's winning a Super Bowl someday. But you got to do it by playing. And so if you don't want to be here, fine. We'll get somebody who does. Again, I have no qualm with any player that wants to be traded, especially a veteran player uh, that that you know maybe only has a few years left of their prime. By all means, do what you got to do. Agents, do what you got to do to take care of your clients. I get it. But if I'm the Dolphins, if they don't want to be here, then don't keep them here if you don't have to. Trade them for whatever you can. Get more draft picks. That's what we want anyway because we don't want them here long term. And if that makes our team worse in the short term, well, hey, that's a happy little accident too because let's not fool anybody. We are absolutely trying to tank. Yeah, I don't know what else there is to say after that. It's just, it was a rough day. It, it was it was one of those games where I don't know that there was any unit in particular that was better than the others. I mean, the offense, I guess, looked okay compared to the <laughs> the defense. I mean, and for all the problems with the offensive line, it took till the end of the first half before Fitzpatrick was sacked for the first time. We got a little look at Josh Rosen in this game. He threw a pick on his second pass. Delightful. Uh, Jakeem Grant muffed a punt return. It was just... It was just a mess in all phases of the operation. And so uh, to those of you that are alarmed, I mean, first of all, you shouldn't be alarmed. You, you should have known this was coming and, and there's going to be more of this. But I don't know that it's going to be as bad as it was on Sunday every time. Then again, the New England Patriots looked dominant in their 33-3 victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. And now they're only adding the best receiver in the game of football, Antonio Brown, to the roster. He's expected to be active in Week 2 when the New England Patriots travel to Hard Rock Stadium to take on your Miami Dolphins. So, maybe it will get worse. Either way, listen, you, you know what to expect now. 
I'm going to I'm going to go into that game on Sunday and hoping that the Dolphins can show a bit more fight and that they can uh you know stand up for themselves and that the performance that horrid performance that we saw this Sunday is not duplicated again next week. But you know, <laughs> it's also it's also the Patriots. Then again, the Patriots also have a tendency to wilt in South Florida. So maybe maybe everything will be okay as far as next week goes. But Brian, any last thoughts on uh, on today's game and the aftermath and the fallout of it? I just uh I guess at this point <laughs> I I know like Rosen got in there uh and played a little bit, but I mean if they're gonna be this bad if they're going to be this bad and they're not going to be any semblance of competitive, then do we really need to see Ryan Fitzpatrick? I like, do we really like, and, and if, and if they've already made the decision, you know, in house that, that Josh Rosen isn't good enough, I mean, or isn't the guy, well then, I don't know what are they protecting them or what are they protecting him from? I, I just don't get it at this point. I guess I guess the thought is don't play him and maybe he's still got trade value. I, I don't know. Uh, at this point, I, you probably just got to play him, but I, I get it. They're probably just going to go in and they're going to say, they're going to write this off. They're going to say, look, this was a bad performance. We're going to watch the tape, but then we're going to burn it. And we're going to start over anew. And they're going to treat next week like it's week one all over again, is my guess. Uh, and you're going to see the same lineup out there. Uh, but if they fall behind big again, if they can't get anything going, at some point you just got to you just gotta throw Rosen out there and you got to see what you got. So I, I guess that would be my only other thing to add. Uh because I mean, it was bad all around. There, as far like usually we like to say, oh, the positive, the negatives, and I guess we, we what we did was is we we came out of the gate and we said these were the few uh, bright spots, and then the rest of it we just said we don't need to go into the negatives because it was all negative, for, you know, to a man basically, other than those few players. So hopefully they'll show up next week and they'll be ready to play and they'll actually have an inspired effort because. The performance out there, coupled with the story coming out of the game, with the with the agents and everything, paints a story of a team that quit, and that's never good. It, it's not a good look for for a franchise. It's not a good look for a coaching staff. Uh, it's not a good look for the players. And if this team goes out there and has a similar performance then you just got to change. You got to blow the whole thing up even further because it's at some point, it's not about talent. It's about having guys that are willing to, to go out there and play and are willing to buy into what the coach is selling. And if you don't have those guys and you're already a bad team that's not winning anything, then there's no sense in keeping guys around that aren't going to buy in. So we'll see what happens this week. Don't be shocked if you see roster move or two because they've been doing it, you know, basically every day leading up to the start of the season. And then you get a story like this. So don't be surprised if we're talking about a roster move when we when we do our next show Thursday night. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's uh, it's been a bumpy ride so far and it's only just getting started. So let's see what 
what lies ahead. Brain, in the meantime, tell the people where they can find you. Can find me on Twitter at Aaron the Brain. And I am, of course, at Amplified to Rock, the show at Same Old Dolphins. Every episode of the show is available on DolphinsTalk.com. It's your one stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins, so make sure to stop by DolphinsTalk.com every day. And of course, we invite you to download, rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five star rating, leave us a review. We really appreciate it. And of course, you can also find the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, basically any where you can get your podcast. If there's somewhere that you'd like to get your podcast where we are not currently located, let us know and we'll do what we can do to get there so that you can access the show a little bit easier. In the meantime, we will be back with you later this week to preview the Dolphins' second game of the season at home against the New England Patriots. But in the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins!